I'm with Allison Gatz, Executive Director for YMI, the Youth Mentoring Initiative. Uh, Allison, always good to talk to you, but sadly not the best of circumstances. Well, it's so good to talk to you, Larry. And, you know, yeah, well, things are definitely not um, the best. I, I think I can speak for my family, at least, and some others. But, you know, there are some little little nuggets of blessings that are kind of sprinkled into some of this stuff. So I just try and keep my mind focused on those things and um, not so much the other not-so-fun things that are going around. So let's talk about what your, you and your organization are doing, because once it was clear that school was was no longer going to be in session as before, the buildings were going to be closed, uh, any learning going on would be e-learning or some other way. It would be from the home, not from the school building. That's where your mentors uh, met their mentees inside the school building in cooperation with the school corporation. So when that happened, I'm sure there were discussions, there were meetings about where you go from here. And I did have a chance to look at, at, at the decision that you made. So, so give me an idea how that process worked within your organization and how you came to the decision that you did. You know, all of this first came out, and um, I think it was a Friday afternoon that the schools announced that they were going to be closing um, for a few weeks, and that would also include our regularly scheduled spring break. Um, So the uh, staff and I got together and, you know, just kind of talked about what this was going to look like because it was going to be about a four-week break from school, And we thought, okay, how can we keep the mentors connected to their mentees um, so they don't lose touch with their mentors during this time? So at that time, we just said, you know, mentors and guardians, let's get you guys connected. Um, So we sent out emails that um, basically introduced mentors and guardians if they didn't already have the opportunity to be introduced. So they could connect with one another um, and just kind of offer support um, in whatever way worked between them. And at that point, that was really all we could do, thinking that we were just going to be off for four weeks. But as things started evolving and speculation came about that Um, we may not even go back to school this year, our conversations took kind of a different tone. And it was not only how do we support our mentors and our mentees, but how do we also support YMI as an organization? How do we make sure that we stay healthy? And those were two very different conflicting conversations. Um, to support our matches over the next four months. So if we're out of school for the remainder of the school year, plus we've got a summer break, that in essence means that from April to August, we don't have any mentoring and we don't have a way to support those matches. So that would be four months of not providing those relationships with the support. And in order to support those relationships, we have to have staff and the campus coordinators be able to 
connect with the mentors, connect with the guardians and the mentees, and just kind of check in to see how everybody's doing. But then on the organization side of it, you know, um, conversation then became, well, if we're not going to be working for four months, we need to lay everybody off. We need to basically just shut down the program for four months to preserve what financial resources that we have so when school starts back up in August, we can hit the ground running. And those two things really conflicted with me as far as what we are here to do. Um, What we're here to do is connect with kids through mentorship And if we shut down everything for four months, that goes against everything that we stand for. And it just, it just didn't sit well with me. And I stirred on it and stirred on it. And finally, um, had some conversations with the board of directors to, you know, really talk about why it is that we exist and what our mission is. And... You know, it was also kind of nice that some things came out from the federal government to provide financial support for nonprofits and small businesses. But, you know, it it came down to really looking at who we are through our mission statement. And we had to do this. It's not not an option to just close our doors and um, not serve these kids for four months because right now they need their mentors more than ever. Yeah, that's a good uh, point, and let me ask you about that, because now that you've made the decision to keep the program going, how are you suggesting, or are you facilitating, how are you working out the mentors, staying in touch with the mentees by phone, by uh, uh, FaceTime, uh, Skype? What are the modes of operation? How are you advising your mentors to stay in touch with, uh, with the young people they're mentoring? Well, and it's it's so varied across the matches that we have. You know, we have almost 300 matches, and some mentors are very well integrated into the family. Um, the guardians have made themselves available and have um, basically opened their arms to welcome this mentor into the dynamics of the family. And so those conversations and those touch points with those um, mentors and mentees are pretty organic, and they might happen over FaceTime or they might happen over a weekly phone call. Um, But we can't necessarily facilitate that organizationally. Um, So what we decided to do, and we're still trying to figure it all out logistically, but using Zoom to have either phone, audio phone, or video Zoom meetings on a regular basis with our matches. And that connection is more of just a check-in. So, mentor, how are you doing? How is, you know, COVID um, affecting your life? Is there anything that we can help with to support you? Mentee, how are things going? How's the stress of e-learning? Are you doing all your work okay? Just really checking in with those mentors and mentees to see, number one, is there anything that we can connect them to resource-wise, or are there other opportunities for us to provide um, some guidance on some social-emotional wellness? Um, Because at the end of the day, what we want to make sure is that we're connecting with all our mentees, all our mentors, 
and all our guardians just to make sure, number one, they know that they're loved and that we're here for them and that we can connect them to any resources that they might need. And so far, now that you've been do, trying to use this system, this, this method of, of keeping people connected, what's been the feedback so far? Um, well, this whole week um, has been just trying to figure out the logistics of it. Um, so logistically, what is you know possible as far as even just scheduling all this stuff? Because that's a lot of calls, a lot of Zoom meetings. And we don't want to be just another burden on, you know, an already full Zoom meeting schedule that some of our mentors and, you know, mentees have an e-learning. Um, so we're still trying to figure all that stuff out. But so far, the responses have been really great. Um, I think people appreciate that we're still here to support them in whatever way that looks like. And, you know, in a perfect world scenario, we would love for you know, weekly Zoom calls with all our matches just to check in. But we also have to be realistic that that's not going to happen. But I think if we do our best and at the end of all this stuff, we realize that we deepened relationships not only with our matches, but we deepened our relationships of YMI to those guardians and to those mentors and to their mentees because we're really being intentional about connecting with them. You know, when you had your fall fundraising event, uh, there was someone there that uh, I don't think a lot of people knew who she was at the time. It was Dr. Christina Box. Yeah. The uh, state health commissioner. And for full, yeah. dis- uh, for full disclosure, she also del- she was, uh, delivered my twin daughters, by the way. And she delivered all three of my girls. So we're we got that in common right there. So uh, I had a chance to chat briefly with Doctor Box uh, at, at your event, uh, so, but she's become uh, someone everyone knows now because she is uh, at the the center point. She is the the physician who is at the top of the state effort to try to deal with the uh, coronavirus. So just a little aside there, she was. Uh, uh, there to uh, attend the event and gave the mayor an award at that time, but that's just an aside. So let me ask you something else. You uh, and some others have been uh, instrumental in in putting together uh, an association of nonprofit organizations in in this area, Fishers. As, as a result of that, I'm sure you have uh, had a number of conversations with other nonprofits uh, here in the area. In general. How are they handling this? Are they, from what I've heard, they've, they've all stayed in business. I don't think anybody's laid off any staff yet, unless there's something I haven't heard. But but they're at least in business. They at least are out there trying to uh, uh, work on the goals that they have. So what what are, your, what are you hearing from your nonprofit peers here in the local area? You know, I think it's kind of like what YMI is facing, that, you know what, we just have to adapt. Um, you know, I feel like nonprofits and businesses alike, the way we deliver our services has completely changed. You know, you see manufacturing companies that are no longer manufacturing the goods that they were built to do. They've actually switched over to providing manufacturing for, you know, personal protection equipment. And so it's, it's more of just trying to adapt the way we do things so we can still deliver services, whatever that might be. 
Um, I know some of our counterparts that um, provide the basic necessities, so shelter, food, um, clothing, those organizations are still doing what they do. (laughs) The need just has gone exponentially through the roof. And so how do we best support them? And, you know, some of the people that do services like us that aren't necessarily food, we provide that emotional support, but we can also then take our connections with our um, matches and our guardians and connect them to our counterparts that we know have services available to help them. And yes, so I think it just has given us the opportunity as nonprofits to even work um, more closely together than we ever have and really look at ways that we can connect even deeper. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, you, you mentioned just mental health, and that's something that, uh, although your your mentors obviously are not mental health experts, don't pretend to be providing mental health services, I think it certainly is a part of the picture when you have a mentor and you're a young person trying to sort through all this, and having that mentor is, is probably a, a major ingredient in, in getting through all this. Absolutely, and, you know, it's, it's really hard when students are in a structured environment like going to school every day. And they go to school, they see the teachers that they like, they see the friends that they like, and then, you know, they get this one-day-a-week ray of sunshine that comes walking in the front doors um, as far as their mentor, and then all of a sudden everything's gone, you know, and so now... I'm at home. I can't go play with my friends. I can't do what I want to do. I'm stuck in this house. I have to teach myself now how to, you know, do my schoolwork online. And things are really scary right now. And some things, the adults in my house are also really afraid because they don't know what's going to happen with their job or they don't know what's going to happen as far as putting food on the table. So there's a lot going on for these kids. And if we can provide some sort of normalcy in way of them seeing their mentors virtually on a weekly basis. I mean, we've got to find a way to make that happen. Yeah, Something came to mind when you were saying that. Here's what it was. Uh, Even something on a nice spring day, something as simple as playing with your friends in the neighborhood is not available or shouldn't be available now with uh, what we're dealing with. So I think you're right. This, this idea of normalcy, there really isn't normalcy. What we knew is that just a few weeks ago is, is no longer there. So pr- I guess what I'm saying is your mentors at least will try to provide some kind of normalcy that existed before all this happened. Uh, so at yeah. least staying in touch with the, with their mentees. And I think that's a important part of that. I, I, I looked at your website uh, just briefly today, and I do know, I do see that you have a page, a link right on your homepage. Uh, for, you have a, a number of uh, resources for social distancing and just COVID-19 in general, some in mental health, food resources, um, just a, a number of uh, links. So I would certainly recommend if people go to your uh, website ymionline.org. There, you do uh, provide a, a lot of information uh, precisely about COVID nineteen as well as about your your programs uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I, and I just I think, want to um, give you credit for that. Really hard to provide those resources. So, um, 
we get emails all the time from different organizations that have best practices or they have really great articles about, you know, how to parent through social distancing and just all this stuff. And I want to have a place to put that. So if people need something, they can go to our website and see what we have um, because it's, it's all about the resources right now. How can we connect people to what they need? How can we stay in contact with people to even know if there are needs um, that they need to look for, really? And so that's the only way that we've been able to figure out how to make that happen is just curate those lists and figure out what needs um, are out there and what resources are out there and try and connect people to what they need. Just curious for you as a parent, you know, my, my uh, daughters are adults now, but as a parent, how is this e-learning regime working out? Well, my basic uh, surmising of this is that looking on social media, it was really tough in the beginning. There are always technical issues, but uh, I'm seeing fewer of those complaints uh, on the social media platforms lately. I think, like it or not, people have sort of... Uh, um, centered into and settled, settled into uh, a sort of a routine on this. How are things going in your home with the e-learning? You know, the e-learning has been um, actually okay in our household. But um, I, if this was three or four years ago, I would definitely have a different response because, you know, my youngest is in seventh grade, and my middle one is... Um, is a sophomore, and then I have a college senior who is now taking her last semester online. And so they're old enough that they can hold themselves accountable and do their work. Um, I kind of backed off on a lot of things within the past couple of years just to give them the ownership of that and also any consequences of not doing their work, that they have to feel those consequences rather than me over and over them. So as far as I know, everything's been great, you know. Um, they, don't, <laughs> they don't have soccer to go to. They don't have all the other social events. They don't have, you know, the, the choir concerts and all the other things that demand their time. They don't have those things anymore. So really, e-learning gives them some sort of structure. It gives them something to do, whether or not they look forward to it or not. There's something there to fill that day. And so now that we're officially, I guess, on spring break and they don't have that e-learning, I've, I've seen a shift in the, the emotional and the um, just kind of the mood in the house has been a lot different this week. So I'm kind of starting to think that maybe it's nice that they have that structure of e-learning. So you look, it is a structure, and you think that structure is in place and that's working well for your family. That's, uh, that is certainly... That's certainly good to hear. As we wrap this up, Allison, I, I'm just going to leave this open to you as someone, uh, executive director of Youth Mentoring Initiative, a nonprofit here in the Fishers area. Uh, please just let me know what message you have to the families, uh, to the people out in the Fishers community and elsewhere. Uh, what is your message uh, during this time? Um, I think, I think at the end of this, we have an opportunity to walk away much closer to one another. Um, I think one of the things that's come to my mind a lot during this whole thing is community is a verb. You know, a lot of times you might hear people say love is a verb. 
and that's kind of where we are. And if we take advantage of just getting back to the basics and having phone calls with our neighbors, phone calls with our friends, just to hear someone's voice and technology, wow, I can't even imagine going through something like this without the technology that we have. So there are a lot of great things that are being forced upon us right now to get back to the basics of connecting with people in a slowed down version of our normally really busy lives. And so I just, myself included, I need to realize that this is just temporary. This isn't the way life is going to be forever. And so if we just realize that it's just short term, that there's somebody on the other end of this willing to help if we just extend a hand, um, that we don't have to do this alone. Allison Gatz, Executive Director of Youth Mentoring Initiative, also known as YMI. Uh, best of luck to you, your family, and all of the other nonprofits doing such uh, good work here in the Fishers community. Thank you for what you all do. Thank you. Thank you, Larry, for having me on. And uh, best wishes for some health and wellness to you and yours.